Uh, hey, gang, something weird happened at the end of this episode with uh, our recording situation. The internet connection dropped or something, so uh, the mailbag got cut off on the end, and it just, you know, the episode doesn't end the way we wanted it to. Let's just put it that way. Uh, also, 15 minutes after we were done recording, the WWE announced that Paul Heyman is out as the head of creative on Monday Night Raw. Uh, we will, of course, tackle that, and we'll have a lot to say next week on the show. But in the meantime... Uh, here's today's top marks. I have to be honest with you. Right now at this point, I think you're running on fumes. The greatest wrestling match ever. I don't even think you could pull that off in your prime. And if you think for one second that you can live up to that, you're lying to yourself. You're starting to buckle, and I don't think that you can handle the pressure. You know what? You know, why don't you just pump the brakes right now, okay? What did you think was going to happen when you came back, huh? You were just going to come back and give him, give him a greatest hits? Huh? You're going to hit a spear here, hit a spear there, flash a smile and go home? Did you think that's, that's what was going to happen here? Huh? What happened to you? Where's the belief? I know somebody that used to believe in you more than anyone. And that was your mom. She was there for every one of your big matches, for all of your title wins. She was sitting right there at ringside. And if you don't think she's going to be sitting there for this one, then you're wrong. You know she is. So let me put it to you like this, Adam. If Edge isn't gonna show up at Backlash, then step through these ropes and go home right now! That's what I was looking for. There's those eyes. We believe in you. We have confidence in you. We think you can do this. We think you're as good now as you've ever been. We think you can win. We think you can have the greatest wrestling match ever. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks, or perhaps I should say, the only <laughs> wrestling right. podcast called top marks i like to flex that <laughs> my name is justin morissette and with me once again as always is he's cleaning up the messes of the masses the janitor himself the wrestling brain genius oh. josh custodio oh it's a good one today jmo it's a good one today i'm, I'm hot off watching the uh well, actually, maybe it's a negative one, because right before we do the show, I log on to Twitter.com and see so you don't care about the MLS, but I'm excited. <laughs> no, you know the... what? I was going to make that exact same joke about the Bundesliga a couple weeks ago, <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I wasn't sure if I should do that because like the company that I work for broadcasts their games, and with oh, the MLS, okay. I don't have to worry about that, so that's... That's uh, fair enough. Yeah, so I made the joke, and I was like, didn't have to... Worry about getting in trouble at work if you're know right. saying just, there, bud. Just trouble here from uh, from your your podcast partner. Who, but uh, yeah, so I, I watched the MLS draw. I watched the PS5 reveal, and now I'm rolling right on in 
to to recording top marks. That's a that's a fine a fine morning to afternoon in my books. Okay, I know we got so much wrestling stuff to talk about today, Josh. So much. But before we do that, do you not feel uh, there's still a lot of legs left for the PS4, don't you think? Like, there's yeah. no real need for a new console <laughs> in this not- exact moment. <laughs> not only do I agree, I'm reminded of that great Ali G sketch where he uh, he complains that uh, somebody poached his idea for the PS2 because he told his girlfriend once that they should just make a better PS1. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing though. I can always talk myself into it with video game consoles because it's like, how frivolous am I with like going to see movies where the entertainment lasts an hour and a half, or going skiing, which is always a hundred and fifty dollar day yeah, for true. for one. Whereas like, I'm gonna be playing. I played. How long we had the PS4 for? Six, seven years. I mean, I've used it half the days <laughs> since then. I mean, then. I've only had one for. Four, three years or so? I jumped on late, so I still feel like, yeah, come on, we got to keep this thing going here. <laughs> well, there's, there is still good stuff coming out, but no no one is here to hear me talk about that, but they are here to talk us, to us about well, the Well, then they're the going to use Spider-Man to sucker me into <laughs> buying an entire console is again. It work? Is again. It work? Yeah, it worked last time. It's going to work again for sure. It might work even better this time because yeah. you know, Miles Morales is the star. And fuck them for being able to do that. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Come on. Nothing feels worse than getting worked, you know, when it's like you know you're being sold something and you're like drooling at the mouth for it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the problem with like those uh like the bad street uh bootleg shirts there's something about like the ooh it's like a private instagram account and you can only buy them for this long that yeah. just, like, totally works for my brain it's like oh i want this one too it's a limited edition collectors t-shirt <laughs> it feels awful though it's like <laughs> i see what you guys are doing here this is just a t-shirt <laughs> so many of them are great though so i understand yeah but yeah. i mean it's the same thing and we have we have enough canadians that listen to this show that i feel comfortable talking about this what by the time you're shipping any shirt from america to canada you've already made such a bad purchase that you just have to love it <laughs> like it's whatever the shirt price is it's two times that to get it here <laughs> yeah pretty much especially right now oh. oh my god the shipping on wwe shop right now is <laughs> outrageous 70 dollars to get it here by christmas unbelievable uh, did you have you enjoyed uh, the the plethora of wrestling that that's gone on this this week and going? Do you, do you feel positive about wrestling still in this moment? <clears throat> I think for the most part, yeah. Uh, I do want to say that we didn't do a show last week because there oh, were yes. uh, larger societal issues uh, uh, more pressing for people's uh, ears and and eyes and attention over the course of uh, basically the last two weeks. Really, it really feels weird to even be talking about wrestling at length right now with everything that's still going on, honestly. But but we are back because uh, there's so much to talk about. And, and I miss chatting with my good friend. And I bet there's people out there who miss hearing us do it, too. Yeah. Last week, I, I uh, not only did on a personal level, you know, you don't and I'm sure the same for you. You don't really feel like doing it. You know, you just yeah. don't especially feel like doing it, which is a huge part of it. And then on top of it, it's like. And are people dying to hear from two more white guys right now? <laughs> like, is this, like, I remember uh, Matt and I for the other show, we sort of had, it's like, well, do we want to? And I was like, even if we do it, like, there, there's no way I'm going to, like, talk about doing it or, you know, like, it feels just weird doing one. So I felt like some of that feeling went away for me personally this week. Um, and so here we are. Yeah. 
And but uh, glad you brought that up. Yes, uh, but I don't know. I you know what? As I was sitting down to uh, to set up the gear and get going for this here, Josh, I was thinking to myself, you know, like. Uh, we keep talking about how there's so much to catch up on, you know, the last several weeks of wrestling that we have not commented on yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and when I sit down, I'm like, what even happened on Raw on Monday? <laughs> I can't even, I can't, I mean, I know what happened. I watched I the whole thing, but it's hard I have to, no idea. to pull it. And I, and I remember as I watched it, I was like, that oh, was a bit of a by the numbers go home show, <laughs> but like pretty good for the most part, I think. Like Raw's been, has been you, overall very good for the last month. If I yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, did I enjoy it on whole? If you ask me right now, like Josh, what what do you remember part for part from Raw? I think I would be embarrassed at how much okay. I actually remember. Okay, so the police have have knocked down your door, okay, <laughs> and you are oh, the no. prime suspect in a just grisly murder <laughs> that took place on Monday between five and eight p.m. <laughs> And your only alibi oh, is that, of no. course, you were doing what you do every single <laughs> week, watch Monday Night Raw. And they said, oh, yeah, tough guy. <laughs> what okay. happened in the opening segment? Was that? No, not. I don't remember the opening. So I remember the Peep Show segment. Um, Oscar and Charlotte taking on the the triple threat the with Sasha Bailey, the Iconics. Oh my God! What else happened on Raw? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh, Andrade and Garza and Owens. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't remember. Oh, M- the MVP promo. MVP uh, introducing uh, Lashley. What was Lashley doing? Oh, he he talked about the guy with the full Nelson, which we talked about. Uh, yeah. So Lashley and. One of the Viking Raiders. I'm sure this is riveting. For it people. was Lashley and MVP versus the Viking Raiders with both the Street Profits and Drew McIntyre <laughs> at ringside. Which, at the time, I was like, man, this feels just as overbooked as the opening women's segment. But then I, oh, yeah. I kind of really loved it, actually. Like, the Profits being out there supporting their boys, there being this, like, kinship now between these two tag teams in the same way that we see with, like, the Usos and the New Day on SmackDown. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I actually really enjoyed that match. And they keep teasing. This is one thing that they have teased for several weeks now is heat between MVP and the Street Profits. And if that right. is going to lead us to an MVP and Lashley tag team feud against the champion Profits, man, I could not be more excited for that. I'm more excited for that even than Lashley uh, and McIntyre this weekend. I don't know that I agree with like the absolute last part you said, but that's only because I'm actually, I think, kind of convincing myself into being pretty excited for Lashley and McIntyre <laughs> this weekend. Uh, but no, I love – my only concern with that tag setup is, like, does Lashley just get swallowed in those promos? <laughs> like, if the, if the four of them are talking, you've got oh three boy. really high-end promos oh. and then Bobby Lashley. Oh, boy, yeah. Uh, another thing that – But I... I'm with you. Do, do you find yourself just being maybe kind of generally less critical during this period of time watching wrestling? Yeah, because – like. Like, dude, I was thinking uh, during the uh, triple threat match, Garza and Andrade and Kevin Owens, like, this is kind of a waste of Kevin Owens, really, to be putting him in, like, a, 
you know, a, a triple threat match for a shot at the U.S. title or whatever. Right. But at the same time, there's no crowds. Like, if you're a guy like Kevin Owens who probably should be at the top of the card, to drop down right now, especially at a time when, like, Raw is trying to establish so many new faces and, and new talents and basically a next generation of, of, of wrestlers, basically, uh, that, this is the perfect time to be like, yeah, bump me down the card, I'll wrestle some brand new guy, I'll be Angel Garza's feud. And if, oh, absolutely. And if yeah, you're Kevin Owens, one. you're probably like super excited because Angel Garza is a great wrestler. Yeah, both these guys are going to give him all that he needs, right? Like, a, a singles with either of those dudes and Kevin Owens is great to me. No, you're absolutely right. Like, it feels like less of a gamble. The stakes are less clear. And just to wrap it around a little bit, a weird thing I've sort of noticed about Drew McIntyre, and I think why I'm sort of warming to him, is I actually think he helps fill these arenas a little bit. Like, that presence you and I remark on at that NXT house show oh from years ago. I think a little bit of that, I don't know what you want to call that besides, I guess, just natural physical presence. I'm not really sure because it's not quite charisma. But I think it kind of helps during these empty arena shows. Like, he, do you feel that what I mean? Like, he, he still comes across as kind of a bigger deal? Uh, yeah, dude. And I don't want to keep bringing this up because I feel like if I just hammer on it all the time, listeners will think I have, like, some kind of psychological kink surrounding it or whatever. But what <laughs> have I said for the longest time about Drew McIntyre? That, that spot in NXT where he came out and <laughs> yeah. stopped the Undisputed Era from being able to get away. Just in jeans. In jeans. No shirt on, jeans and and boots, and fucking just beat everybody's ass. His physique and just, you know, Stone Cold wore blue jeans. Everybody fucking loves blue jeans. That guy in jeans looks amazing, and he's so fucking cool. It's just like the image of a cool guy who you would see in, like, a movie bar brawl, basically. (laughs) That is it. And that is exactly what he has been. As a baby face now on the main roster, they finally got back to that look, and he's fucking over as hell, man. He, yeah, absolutely. He has all the charisma in the world, and uh, and he's 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 raising people up at the same time. Exactly what I just said about Kevin Owens, like. Why not do a feud with Lashley right now? Oh, is the crowd not gonna be into it? Like, yeah, it... and he's raising up Lashley uh, when he fills the silence by like yelling at his opponents constantly. Like, what's he yelling at Lashley? Bring it! Show me the yeah, potential! Come, Give me the come best get of me, Bobby Lashley. Lashley! Come get me! And I want to see the best of Bobby Lashley. He's selling me on the match at the same time. Like. Uh, yeah, like I sort of teased at the beginning, and I, I'll just reveal for Backlash, it's my most anticipated match on the card. Like, and one half of that is Bobby Lashley, who, uh, again, we've been proven wrong about uh, thinking, you know, having something coming over from Impact. Like, I haven't been interested in him for a moment, really. And uh, coming up on Sunday, I, I think, you know, these two have a chance to put on, like, a good meat boy, throw some hands for the belt. Did they, uh, did they ever feud in Impact? Like, is this a... Yes. Yes. And was yeah, and were the matches rematch. and were the matches in Impact good? You know, I don't really remember. I I know it was either a headliner of a Bound for Glory or a Slam Anniversary though. I watched the show. No, you know what? I think I think the match was kind of unremarkable if I remember correctly. Oh, that's too bad. But Drew yeah, Drew but also the, wasn't what he is now, I don't think. No, for sure. And and I think this was like I don't know, 2014 or 15, something like that, a while ago. Like, a guy can improve over that period of time, of too. Course. But I think it was a little bit lackluster, if memory serves. Yeah, the, the one thing that I will say that's kind of curious about this whole thing with, uh, you know, Lashley and MVP as it pertains to 
uh, the current contemporary issues, Josh, mm. is that it feels like the story that they are telling does not match with the character they are presenting, you know? Because Bobby Lashley... Expand on that. I think I know what you mean. Bobby Lashley is still being presented as a monster heel, like a ruthless killer, basically. You know, heel Brock Lesnar is essentially what we are being asked to believe Bobby Lashley is. But the story that they are telling at the same time is that this is a man who is a spitting example of black excellence who has been held down for 13 years and never right. gotten a shot at something that he would uh, naturally get with that physique if he uh, were perhaps a white man. And there's nothing really in MVP. I mean, MVP is kind of a dick, and that's why he's a heel. But everything that he <laughs> says is, like, true. You know, there's nothing in the overall story about Lashley here. I mean, he's going over the top with how he knows Lashley's going to be champion, blah, blah, blah. Like, that, that's right. a heel manager. The overall story, though, like, this is a... a, a uh, you know, a underdog babyface story for Lashley in a lot of ways uh, that I that I think race does play a big part in. And in this particular moment, it's like this is a monster heel to you. Like, well, yeah, it's basically impossible for me to read anything not through some of the the Black Lives Matter lens right now. It just it just is like, and it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I will also just like from a pro wrestling slant, like the best heels can have a bit of truth to them as well. Like Bobby Lashley can both be being a braggadocious asshole to Drew McIntyre as well as be right that he was held down for for race reasons. Like it's a situation where both things can be true. Yeah, true. True. Uh, Jamo, before we maybe expound a bit on Monday, let, let's reverse to uh, to uh, the night before to NXT TakeOver. I forget what the name was. In Did your house. Enough? In your house. Oh, in my house. Yeah, what did you think of this set? Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, I talked about this on Central on Sunday night after the show. Um, it is so difficult to make a lasting impression right now. Uh, you know, in just, like, all wrestling looks the same because you're shooting it in the same space every single week. Yeah. And to change it up, especially at a time when, like... Uh, the LED screens that they have replaced every bit of set with on all of their shows, like, you can do cool things with it. Like, I think Jinder Mahal has one of the greatest entrances of all time. Agreed. But, like, you you should still, for pay-per-views, for big shows, I mean, obviously they do sets for WrestleMania, but for everything else, it all just looks the same. Even just busting out this set out of storage, like, this is what they've been doing throughout you know, the the quarantine. They've just been, like, raiding their storage locker to find cool stuff they can use. That's basically what the Funhouse match at WrestleMania was. Yeah, you know? I was going like... to say, the, the, entire, the entire crux of that match. Uh, yeah, I mean, even when, I think you and I have remarked on this, certainly personally, if not on air, like, when you watch the old shows, it's almost the thing that stands out to you is, like, Oh yeah, I miss pay-per-view sets. Yeah. Like the, it is really nice visiting things and be like, "Oh yeah, you, it instantly brings you back in the moment looking and at I, it." And it was nice. I got that a bit with the in your house set this week. And I said this on Central and I don't mean to be cliché and go to like the default example, but like think of Backlash 2000. Those hooks, man. Those yeah. swinging hooks are like iconic. Oh, for sure. And the sure. fact that they're doing Backlash this week and we're not going to see 
swinging hooks. Like, we're not going to see any set at all. It's just going to be LEDs at the Performance Center, basically. I, well, you get to see the word backlash, yeah, exactly. which is nice. And the greatest <laughs> wrestling match ever, which is now the name <laughs> of the pay-per-view, which we talked about two weeks ago, I think. That's right. We did. Yeah, the greatest paper, the, gra- <laughs> the greatest match ever. The Sorry, the greatest <laughs> wrestling match ever, Backlash. That's, That's absolutely the name of the right. show. A great, great, uh, great name for it. Rolls off the tongue. It's so good. You and I both remember it two weeks later. <laughs> I mean, you could barely remember the name of Takeover in your house. <laughs> so good luck with the uh, this long ass backlash name. <laughs> I'm gonna need it. Um, no, so let's let's dive a bit into this card. I agree with you. I, I enjoyed the set, and I think that in general is a principle that I'd like to see moving forward. But I I yeah, like feels that they're unique. willing to. Yeah, I, I like that they're able to explore those things in NXT, too, a little bit, you know, like have a bit of a testing ground for that. Yeah, and I think giving, I mean, the In Your House branding is perfect for this moment, too, right? Because uh, that's where we're, we've all been stuck for three months <laughs> on top of it being like a 25th anniversary thing. And it's just fun. It was like it had a differentiated theme than a general takeover. All of the that's stuff right. felt retro and throwback. They were advertising the ice cream sandwiches all night long. The Isopro ad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like there, that stuff's great. There, there was a, a, a retro flavor to it in the presentation between matches that I, I really enjoyed. And, and you kind of need that stuff. You need to lean into gimmick right now to make stuff feel distinct from everything else because we have been watching wrestling shot basically without an audience in the same area, the same set for a very long time now. You need gimmicks. Absolutely true. Couldn't agree more with that, especially the the last part in particular. Uh, Jamal, the show opened up with uh, Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knotts defeating Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Are those five of the six hardest names to say after one another in the entire company? (laughs) (laughs) My God. Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. That's that's a new tongue twister that, like, news anchors are going to say before they go on air. Forget about the seashore, Lord <laughs> Almighty. Uh, what did you think of this match, Shamo? <laughs> I will say, speaking of newscast rhymes, on the last episode of Top Marks, when we were talking about the TNT title, I almost, when we were talking about the belt, say I almost said red leather, and then immediately, instinctively, almost said yellow leather right afterwards. <laughs> Uh, I thought this was a hot opener, though. I really enjoyed this match. At the same time, it felt like good TV. It didn't feel like uh, a takeover opener, necessarily, especially considering... And look, I understand that Kyle O'Reilly is stuck in Canada and he can't be on the show. Uh, The NXT tag division usually steals the show on these things, and they usually open the show as well. Um, they're not on this card. They, there's not a tag team title match to be found here, and I guess Imperium are stuck in Europe as well, and those are your champions. That explains that. Um, are Imperium the NXT champions? Who are the NXT tag yep, champions? Yep, no, no, you're right. right. Yes, yep. okay. Um, but 
you know, this this had two feuds basically stuffed into one. And this is part of my critique of the overall show, is that you have people like Finn Balor picking up a win on this show. You have, uh, you know, Johnny Gargano looking amazing in the longest and probably best match of the night. You have, uh, you know, even Adam Cole, who's been there for a very long time at this point, Tommaso Ciampa. There are so many guys who have been at the top of the NXT card for a very long time, including people who were sent back there from the main roster in Finn Balor, who are taking up space on this card, that you could have two women's matches that got decent time, because there are two women's feuds going on in this tag match, and instead, they just shoved it all together and gave it 950. And, like, it was good, but, like, you know, it, it didn't feel like a takeover pay-per-view caliber match to me, even though I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll, I'll even be a little bit harder on it than you. Not only do I agree that a, a tag match was sorely missed on this card, I, I thought this was pretty sloppy in some points. Um, the, the, there were moments where... And listen, it, it's tough. Six-man tag is a is a tricky style, or six-woman tag in this case, a tricky style to you know get fully a hold of. But I, at no point did I really think this was like super clicking, or I was like, oh, here we go. I, I thought it was just kind of like spot, move, spot, move, kind of all over, a little plotting. I, I didn't like it very much. And like you say, maybe my expectations are too high for uh, like an NXT TakeOver opening spot, but I'm used to, you know, a Saturday night and lights down and like really getting fired up for something, and, and this didn't deliver on that at all for me uh fair i would just say that i thought every woman in the match got like a chance to shine in it throughout like i came out of that thinking that those were six pretty good women's wrestlers and and i really like some of these girls like i really really like uh a lot of the people in this match honestly who do you think this isn't your favorite but who do you think goes on to reach the highest heights in wwe of the six Um, women in this match yeah Ooh. Sorry, a tricky one. On I know. Spot, I'm kind of torn. Do you my, want me to say I mean, the my names three again? faves are Shotzi, Tegan, and Dakota. I think, uh, and they're probably the youngest as well. Though I don't know how old Tegan Knox is. That yeah, I'm not um, sure. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I might go with Tegan Knox is 25 years old. Okay, I'm gonna go with Tegan Knox. Okay, there you go. Uh, next match, uh, Finn Balor defeating Damian Priest. Uh, I was a little actually uh, surprised by this outcome. I just want to say uh, I really enjoyed the finish in particular of the opening women's tag match. It was like a you know tag team kind of double tandem offense thing with Shotzi and Tegan working together to win the match. And they're sure. going to get a shot on next week's NXT as, uh, for the women's tag titles, whoever has the belts yeah, coming that's... out of this pay-per-view. So... That I am looking sense. forward to that match. I gotta say. Uh, what do you What do you think about Finn Balor and Damian Priest? I thought this was a little better than I was expecting in Ring One. Oh uh, yeah, like Damian Priest is like he's he sort of reminds me of like a Baron Corbin who's good, but there's still something missing in the connection as well. You know, when you talk about like guys just going through the motions and maybe not necessarily like I don't see the character, I see a guy being a wrestler. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. That's what I feel with Damian Priest right now, but he's not like. Uh, I'm not like all the way out on him the way I was with Baron Corbin all along. So I see potential in this guy, and Balor looked really good. Like, but at the same time, I'm like, Finn Balor, what the fuck are you doing here? And also, why are you winning feuds over like an up and coming guy like Damian Priest who needs Without some steam demon. behind him? Like, come on, bud. And I, I know that it's not his decision to be there, but also just it's. This is everything that I don't like about NXT on some level. You know what I mean? 
Uh, yeah, I, I didn't understand the booking myself either. And that's even to say here, I'm going to say something kind of strong here. And I, you know, maybe I eat my words in the future. Uh, I just don't think I'm ever going to be into Damien Priest. I don't know what it is. Uh, he seems like he's totally fine in ring. In fact, like, I think maybe he's kind of underrated in ring in some ways. Like, I don't like him, but I keep thinking he's bad. And then he was in that triple threat with Dunn and, and someone else a bit back. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he was. this was a good match, too. And, like, so I think maybe he's not as bad as I think he is. I'm just not he's, into him. I look at him, and I'm like, I just am not connecting with this guy in any way. He is very much like Baron Corbin in that he's, like, a former like 300 pound football player basically so he's like <laughs> lost all the weight now and is uh and is a very tall wrestler but uh like he's got cool moves i do agree with you though i just look at him and there's something about it that i don't i'm not buying in on and i can't tell you what it is you know it's funny i was about to say i like baron corbin more than i like damian priest which i think is true but i'll say baron corbin got a huge help in my mind uh over damian priest and that was he was on nxt's breaking ground at the time do you remember yeah, that show? yeah they gave everybody like stuff like that personality yeah. their real life personality and you could like root for real people instead of being like you know baron corbin sucks as a scripted character <laughs> which probably therefore means baron corbin is as a person also sucks like no like he's he's uh he does the sweet stream he's buds with uh you know tyler breeze and and uh ty dillinger so you know i bet i bet he's a good guy but he's a fun guy it's just you know he sucks on TV, and I don't. I'm sick of this character being handed everything. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sorry to. I know this is probably just like such a, a talk, especially for you. Probably heard me say this so many times, but I just do not understand not having shows like Breaking Ground or Talking Smack. Like the cancellation of those two are just baffling well, to me. And I know we're getting raw talk back, but it's not going to be yeah. the same as Prime Talking Smack, and we all yeah, know that they need to bring back uh, what Talking Smack used to be. That was the best thing yeah. going. I'm so glad you remember, because I don't feel like people remember. It was like, to me, mandatory post-Smackdown viewing, like part of oh, the show. absolutely. And, like, when you're the two-hour show, to have an extra window that is entirely about establishing character, like, like right. that's so important. That's so, Why would you ever get rid of that? That is, like, one of the most fundamental things for guys, like, getting over and, and, and developing an act. Yeah, absolutely. Like, come on. It's Well, and not only that, here we are dumping all over Baron Corbin. Did you ever like him more than when he was on Talking Smack? No, it was great. Yeah, like Brian, Brian and Renee were just good at like making people easy and casual. Anyway, I thought this match was, you know, pretty pretty good in ring actually. Uh but I don't really like either guy very much and it's kind of hard for me to get invested. I like Finn. And, you know, I I would <laughs> get Finn on Raw. What are we doing here? <laughs> this guy, you say this guy's ready for Yeah, I think so. I think he might be a little overripe, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> Let's move on to your JMO. To like you had said, the longest match on the card at 20 minute. Some people say in classic between Keith Lee successfully defending his North American championship against the small guy, John Man Gargano. I loved this. I thought yeah, this hey, was great. a lot of people love this. I thought this was Gargano's best match in a long time. I uh I thought like he needed a match of this caliber uh if he's going to be continuing to uh occupy space where he is in yeah, the sure. ecosystem of this show. 
Just on Earth. <laughs> no, I just like in the in the log jammed conveyor belt that is NXT. You know, if if he's gonna stay there because he's your in ring technician, he needs to be delivering matches that are this good. I thought this was really something. Uh, Keith Lee obviously looked great, and he was wearing Black Lives Matter gear, which we love to see. Um, and obviously, he wasn't gonna lose the title at this point in his reign. This was a this was just a terrific match. I really enjoyed it. I was so hoping to connect with this more, and I'm glad that other people did, and I wonder what I was missing. Like, it's one of those where everyone was in the in the Patreon chats, and boy, this is a barn burner. And, and I said this there, and I'll say it. It was, you know, a really sort of classic match, which I liked. You know, small heel working the limb of, like, the big man who's like, just, just can't quite get a hold of him. And I think both guys played their role really well. Um, I really thought there was, was some, like, real slow spots in this match. Like, a lot of stuff on the outside with just one of them selling forever and i just don't know that i buy maybe keith lee wasn't selling good enough or I, I just didn't really buy that like keith's arm was that hurt by johnny organo's two bits of offense i don't know i just and that sounds over picky as i'm saying it out loud i think maybe i was just like really ready to to kick in with this match and i just was like oh i see what they're doing here and sort of checked out for some reason i also like that they teased like a a powerbomb spot through the window of the house set yeah, that Which was Which cool. we didn't get because the ladies came out and, and interrupted the spot from happening. Um, and then the spot did happen in the women's main event, and it was a big letdown because there was no actual glass in the window. And it was just a <laughs> distraction. It was like a diversionary spot to make Kyrie or, uh, sorry, Io Shirai disappear. And then... <laughs> And then she appears on the roof and does the, the spot of the night, basically. So there was a little bit yeah. of uh, Chekhov's table, I guess, in that. And, and in the end, it proved not even to be the spot it was actually building to. So there you go. Chekhov's faux glass, yes. even in this instance. <laughs> uh, but we'll move on here, Jamo. So much to get to on today's show. Uh, the, the last chance back out brawl for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole successfully defending against Velveteen Dream, who can no longer challenge for the NXT Championship while Cole is in champion. Jamo, before I let you talk about this, I hate this stipulation. It's so stupid. <laughs> get, can't challenge for the champion while the current champion is still champion. So you just can't rematch? It just doesn't seem like that much of a punishment. To yeah. Um, I mean, Cole... Give Cody Cole, some credit. He, he took himself out of the main title. Cole, picture. though, has been uh, champion for more than a year now. So like, I do think that, that that does have some weight to it a little bit if you think that his reign is going to continue to be uh, you know, historically long or however long he has to... Is he the, what's the longest NXT title reign in history? It's a great question. I mean, I wonder if that's Googleable while yeah. I talk. Uh, let me let me find out. But either way, okay. I really did not like this match. Uh, oh, uh, I, do you want to talk about why you didn't like it? And I'll Google who the longest NXT sure, champion I, is. You know, just the shaky camera oh. and and the car lights. I know that that was part of like the look, yeah. and it, it was supposed to be some sort of like Mad Max style brawl or whatever. I don't know, but like when you are moving. Uh, a ha handheld camera in the vision of you know a ton of car lights i just found that to be impossible to look at for 15 minutes and and yeah, the uh, fact that this match was put together by the same people who made the boneyard match i i'm baffled by that i i it's i don't understand that at all yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of lost on who liked this match. I I heard like the, I this felt like the the closest. This was like a step away from wrestling to me. And I know some of these cinematic matches, lots they all are to some degree. 
But I thought this was just kind of like not very interesting. Like it wasn't doing enough in some ways for me, I guess. Like it didn't feel full on cinematic. It was just like kind of a hard to watch street fight style. But like you say, with the, the shaky cam and constant cuts, making it just not very easy for me to maybe i was just in a mood yeah you know is it possible was this i don't know but i i feel the exact same way so maybe we were both in that particular mood i guess i don't know maybe because like Uh, i and you were right cole's current reign is the longest uh nxt yeah and i don't see it stopping anytime soon so like that kind of is a big deal to take velveteen sure that's a picture when i do think dream should get an nxt title reign at some point here like it's been a very long time of him being there um, and, and like, I think they undercut their own stipulation by putting this match so early in the show. Like, of course you're not going to do the big title change in the fourth match of the card. Like that, that would be the going off the air visual. And instead, when you put it there and you have this stipulation, it's like we go in knowing, okay, well, Dream is going to lose then, and he will not challenge for the NXT Championship. Great. Awesome. Yeah, I mostly agree with you there. The only thing I'll say is I do like these shows ending with a wrestling match, not a cinematic match. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's, that's you know, mileage will vary on on that one. But yeah, I, I wasn't that into this. I, but again, like, wh- what am I going to say? Like, do I compare this to a- other Adam Cole matches? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they're kind of hard I- to I'll compare about. it. I'll compare it to another NXT cinematic match. It was better than one <laughs> final beat or one last beat, whatever that was. Was it? I think it was. I didn't yeah. like either of them very much. I don't. Know. I mean, I really, really did not like one final beat. Like yeah. that. Uh, that sucks. You know. You know. You know why I liked this one better? Why? It didn't have Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> that's what put this one over the top. Yeah, it had two guys who should actually still be in NXT. <laughs> Maybe not for that much longer, but like you can make a case. Okay, they should still be here. That makes sense. Like I thought NXT was the main roster. Okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> you can't have it all. Well, also you've got you've got uh, one of the big moments of this match is is uh, Dexter Loomis coming in to play hero and throw the boys from uh, Undisputed Era into the trunk of his car and drive off with them. That was like the most cinematic thing that happened. It actually Dexter was Loomis's wasn't it? car driving away. Uh, and I, and I hate this guy. Like, when I talk about creating space at the top of the card in NXT for new, fresh talents, I'm not talking about Dexter Loomis! <laughs> Who wants this guy? I hate this guy! Well, now, hang on. What, what is it that you dislike about, about Dexter Loomis? I don't, I'm not a fan of any part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like his work as a Samuel Shaw over at uh, TNA? Is that... <laughs> No, I think it's a dumb gimmick. I think it's a dumb name. I think it's a dumb look. I don't like anything about this guy. I don't like. No, well, obviously he's supposed to be like Dexter, the serial killer (laughs) from the show Dexter or whatever. What the? What fucking? Come on! And okay, I I understand that wrestling has borrowed from pop culture before Razor Ramon, obviously, but like. I I am so out on this. I have been out on this from the first second I laid eyes on this guy. Who are you more into, Dexter Loomis or Karrion Cross? Oh, Karrion Cross okay. for sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm and even then, it's like this is not what it should be. You know, I'm not even that in on Karrion Cross. I'm just so out on. Dexter well, let's Lewis. let's talk a little bit about that man with uh, Karrion Cross, of course, being accompanied by Scarlett, easily taking out Tommaso Ciampa. In, in the second, the penultimate match of this takeover. What would you think here, Jamo? 
I was shocked at how little offense Champa got in. Yeah. And, and that this was as short as it was. I mean, again, this was a short show. I think it ran two hours, 20 minutes. And that's about what they're aiming to do with these uh, every time lately, especially during quarantine. Like, they understand how exhausting it is to watch a three-hour show. I think WrestleMania suffered from that both nights, honestly. Sure. Uh, in this format, you know, like, without commercial breaks, without uh, anything. Because, like, Raw's three hours, but Raw's really, like, two hours and 20 minutes, you know, or whatever. Absolutely. Anyways. L- lots um, of talk about uh, Karrion Cross's entrance. What do, you, what do you think of the entrance? I love it. Yeah, I love it. Too. That's the one thing that I'm really into. Yeah. And, like, I think Scarlet is an awesome part of it. Um, I haven't watched last night's NXT yet, but I heard that they were very corny. So they I, were I very horny. Look. Corny. Oh, corny. I so. Horny. Like, like they're 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 like a mystical like Scarlet dark, was raven, very very black very magic up character in TNA. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, she had like a big um, hourglass. Yeah, that's right. Saying "Time's Up" uh, on the show last night—I don't know. It looked—it looked corny to me. But I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah, it's, it's tricky on these these Thursday morning ones. But uh, let's let's move on here. But, but again, though, another finish where—and we've seen this a lot lately—where the babyface uh, doesn't tap but is put to sleep, and it's a technical submission knockout. Yeah, these are everywhere, right? Eh? Yeah, like a lot lately because, oh, well, the baby face, he didn't quit, so he doesn't lose anything. I understand that, but, like, you know, every company's doing that all in a row. We've seen it, like, three times in the last month, I feel like. Also, if nobody's tapping, not tapping isn't better. Exactly. So, it's something, something to keep in mind. Let's talk about the main event of it here, JMO. I don't have a ton to say. I think I like Karrion Cross a little bit more than you. Um, but I, I like big guys. <laughs> I think I'm I'm uh, I'm enjoying the the Haas 305 Live Division uh, AEW's putting together, and uh, so I think I'm like happy to see a bit of an NXT answer to that. Yeah, it just feels ways. like NXT is a bunch of guys who shouldn't be there anymore, and a bunch of guys from Impact. Like that's what it feels like. Right <laughs> I don't now. know what you mean by guys who shouldn't be there anymore. Where well, should they be? Finn Balor should be on the main roster. He like was. Johnny, that he sucked there. What, what Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa can be on the main no, roster. No, they can't. Cut point. them both. I don't want either of those guys on the main <laughs> roster. They can hit the indies. Get on the gas. Put on a foot. Yeah, you wouldn't want to see them work a match uh, for the tag titles against Street Profits. Sorry, Justin. I fell asleep there for a second. What was that? <laughs> you wouldn't want to see DIY reunite to take on the Street Profits. Oh, oh Jamo, I keep. I try to. I try to get through the sentence, but you keep talking about DIY. Would you like to see the Street Profits take on? Are you still awake? I'm here. I am. DIY. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's the problem. If you're going to pitch a Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa to me, the last thing you need to do is tell me, hey, don't you want me to put them together again? I, I want those guys. I don't want to see them interact ever again. I'm good. I'm so good. Fair, fair. Well, let's talk about uh, Yoshi Rai thankfully defeating Charlotte Flair and uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, getting the NXT Women's Championship. I like Yoshi Rai, man. Yeah, man, and I'm embarrassed that I accidentally called her Kyrie earlier. I was thinking of, uh, you know, the Princess of the Skies versus uh, whatever Eo's nickname is. I didn't even uh, notice. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, she's awesome. She and and this this almost redeems being in the audience for the Toronto show, which I have ripped on so much <laughs> as just like uh, 
you know, a, a show that was in stasis where nothing happened. Well, something happened. Obviously, the heel turn happened on television in the lead up to that pay-per-view. But that was like the beginning of the ascent of evil EO. And and she's just been on a tear for the last year. An incredible wrestler. Uh, I hope Great that the theme. rumors of, of her wanting to go back to Japan are not true. Uh, I, I would understand if they are because I think she's married to evil. Um, Is that true? Yeah, I'm pretty. Sure Hell yeah! Married. I think I knew that. One of the, I knew somebody <laughs> with. I knew Evil was married to someone. I think I'd just forgotten. That kicks uh, ass. So she wants to go home and be with her husband, Evil. Uh, I fully <laughs> understand that. Yeah, you're talking about she wants to go get Evil with her husband. I yeah. see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Who's she married to, though? <laughs> Jamal, I gotta ask you. <laughs> I'm glad that would work. But I like I really you. enjoy watching her wrestle, Me and too. I don't really watch Stardom, so I would think it would be a huge loss because she's amazing. So I hope she stays. Jamo, was I a little wrong about Rhea Ripley? I thought she was the clear worst person in this match. Uh, it was so weird, and I talked about this on Sunday night after the show uh, that like Io should be the most clearly defined heel in this match, right? For sure. Like, WWE has come out and said that, like, we don't see Charlotte as a heel or a babyface. She has transcended to the level of superstar. Oh, yeah. Where people will just react how they want to her at any given moment or whatever. That's how they see her, even though she's clearly a heel a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rhea Ripley is, like, kind of has a an edge to her, but she's still very clearly a babyface. And Io is... Evil EO, she's been on a heel tear for, like, you know, the better part of a year now. And yet, the crowd that was reacting to her in the building, and my own rooting interests at home, yeah, and, yes. you know, the way she wrestled, she was like the underdog babyface of this match. And I thought that reaction was kind of nuts, and uh, also indicative, indicative, rather, of uh, of just how much people have appreciated her uh, as a heel and just how good she's been. She's at the point where you have to turn her baby face because she's just too entertaining. Yeah, I am. I would uh, agree. Found myself rooting for her at home. All the same thing. I hope Rhea Ripley can sort of impress, but I, I haven't, I haven't, I don't know. Maybe I was just caught up in something. I haven't really seen like a glimpse of like, Oh yeah, she's the next one that I had seen a couple months ago. Well, I want to, I want to see her get her win back from Charlotte and we didn't get to see that. Yeah, here I guess that's how EO pinned Rhea Ripley and EO also probably stung Rhea Ripley too my goodness oh. the way she came down on her face apparently with... somebody said from another angle it didn't look as bad but I'll okay. tell you the angle I saw on the pay-per-view looked atrocious well it also looked like Charlotte ate a boot to the face too when she came off the roof of the set like yeah and I'm not style. saying she was working dangerous like that's very hard to coordinate especially the roof off uh, the jump off the roof but Oh boy! Like both ladies who uh, were not on the winning end of this one, uh, were really not on the winning end of this one. If you're know saying, pal, <laughs> I I do know what you're saying, 100. <laughs> percent You're saying they got hurt as well as losing the match. Mm -hmm. And she's gonna go get evil with her husband. Hey now! <laughs> can we? Can we? I know there's the you know we got to talk about the new Japan Cup. We got to preview. Oh that yeah, we got to oh, do yeah. these things. But uh, we also can we get Io and Evil in the May Young Classic? Is there a way of making this happen? Uh, I'm, 
Sorry, come again. You know the May, or not the May Young Classic, the the mixed match challenge. Oh yeah, mixed match challenge. Sorry, it's like mix- how's he, what he's gonna be walking her out to the <laughs> ring? Also, <You> also, <laughs> I don't want people being in NXT for four years. You think I want to put EO back into the May Young Classic? <laughs> hey, the May, I, I'm, I'm just saying. They Champion defends her title against all 32 <laughs> challengers. That would actually be. I would fucking watch that 100. Yeah. percent yeah, let's get Charlotte doing that. She transcends heel and babyface, so it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Um, but I would love to see Evil and Eo in the in the mix match challenge. Imagine like they're all these like lighthearted promos. You know how they're all like so jokey and back and forth. Then Evil's just like dragging his scythe behind. <laughs> but like the natural pairing that I would want to see them against would be Rusev and Lana, and Rusev is oh, unfortunately gone now. Oh, how good would that be? Oh, Rusev reacting to Evil is Ru- such money. You could just and imagine. Sharing the ring every time it's the men's side of that match. Oh, that would be unbelievable. That'd be a whole lot of fun. That's great thinking. Do, do you want to transition there before we preview Backlash, JMO? Talk a bit about the New Japan Cup. Yeah, I haven't looked at the full bracket yet, but just the idea that they're coming back and they're coming back with a huge tournament. I mean, this is what everyone loves about New Japan is the tournaments always. So, uh, you know, you and I had a ton of questions about how they're going to make uh, the reign of Naito feel important, given that we haven't really seen him since he won the belts, pretty much. I mm-hmm. mean, we, there were shows in between, but there haven't been, like, big things. You no know. title defense, yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, and so, like, I'm really, I think curiosity is really high for this. Uh, I, I can tell it is, just from the way I've seen it rip up the internet, but also... Uh, personally, as someone who wishes I watched more New Japan, to be perfectly honest, I usually only tune in for, like, the big, big pay-per-views. Sure. Uh, and pay-per-views. They're all pay-per-views. Um, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I I have interest. I, I'm not someone who watches every day of the G1, and I would love to make that dive someday if I had the time. Uh, but I might be interested in seeing as much of this tournament as I possibly can. Well, uh, JMO, let's let's. Uh, well, rather could, I, the... could I be more definitive there? I might be. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what people are tuning in for. Will I, you, you know what? Maybe I will be interested <laughs> in potentially doing something. Possibly, might it be okay? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got to be fired up, though. You're you are a lover of the new Japan. You are uh, praising Lil Katsu for for bringing back the the one true sport. You, uh, how fired up are you? Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm really excited, and uh, I'm not going to, you know, I think everybody's pretty fired up. I think you're pretty fired up, but this is, you know, my favorite wrestling company during a time where I miss the things uh, that I miss a lot. Um, I'll, I'll bring up that we have a question about this later, about how they'll transition specifically into the empty arena, and I actually have some things to say about that in particular. But, uh, J-Mo, before we get to the questions or later into the show or anything, I'm actually going to pause here and give us some plugs because, the, the you know, the late show goes. Sometimes it's a rush. Can you tell people where to hear Wrestle Central this week? Uh, you can hear Wrestle Central every single Sunday night at 10 p.m. on Sportsnet 650, 650 on the AM dial in Vancouver, uh, and you can also of course, listen online via the Sportsnet website if you are not in the Vancouver area. Uh, 
yeah, it's a fun show every week. I enjoy doing it. Yeah, Not I as listen. Much as I enjoy chatting with my good friend, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's always a barrel of laughs by myself. I listened this week. I thought it was very strong. I listened to a couple weeks ago when you had the fellow with the book on. I thought that was great. Pat Laprade, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> the fellow with the book, as the I call it. The fellow with the book, yeah. Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Any, were you anywhere else this weekend, JMO? Anything to plug? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I, I'm appearing on the program basically four days a week right now, sporadically on the studio op for it. Uh, that is the primetime uh, PM drive show on Sportsnet 650 from 4 to 7. Monday to Thursday is when you can hear me, and Monday to Friday is when the show is. <laughs> <laughs> that we know which everyone's really tuning in for. <laughs> Who do you think the program's named after? <laughs> Give your head a shake, 650. Okay. Uh, I also have something to plug here, JMO, that has to do with the new Japan Cup. Uh, if you head to patreon.com slash J0SHC, I will be doing a show after each night of this new Japan Cup, as well as some MMA previews over there for the coming while. It's $5 for everything i think the listeners of the show might enjoy it specifically the new japan content uh so yeah you can if you that's how excited about the new japan cup i am I'm gonna wake up live for each night watch it and record a show right after it's finished oh hell yeah dude that sounds great i, okay. I will definitely listen to that well, well you know what you just undercut my plans to even watch every night i can just get my daily updates from uh, from the kid that's absolutely correct. I would love. Well, I mean, you I'll watch it in the cinema of the mind. <laughs> Ooh, better than ever. Patreon.com slash J0SHC. Thanks for letting me sneak that into the middle of the show, JMO, so no one skips it. Ha ha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk a bit about these nights here because there, there's some matchups that I think, uh, you know, like any tournament. As you go on, you're going to be getting to the real good stuff. But I think there's stuff for even the, you know, everybody can get excited about. As the first round brings us, let, let's just talk about a little bit of uh, Hiroshi Takahashi's re return. The Time Bomb taking on Old Man Hanma. Uh, that's the headliner of the first night uh, with Tomohiro Ishii and against El Desperado in the co-main. So, like all these things, it takes some getting going. But, I again, I'm just happy enough to see the faces that I love. How about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hiromu, I thought, was exceptional at Wrestle Kingdom. Him, and I want to see him again. So, you know, like we we've been without this guy for so long. Someone who I think is so amazing uh, to put him in the main event slot, and he, you know, it's against Hanma, but still, like that's going to be a fun match. <laughs> yeah, I'm, who I'm, do you think will win? Is the big question. Hiromu, I think, just <laughs> yeah, maybe, just yeah, maybe. Fill out that bracket, by the way. We, I we will. love to see it. I will. Uh, we, we're not going to preview the entire card here, but just some other matchups to look at from the first round. You know, you got the, of course, Minoru Suzuki taking on Nagata, Okada taking on his old manager Gato in the opening round, uh, where I have Okada losing. I'll talk more about that on the Patreon. Uh, Tanahashi and Taichi, one that's got everybody's attention, Kota Ibushi taking on Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, the New Japan Cup looks hot to trot this year to me, Madman. Hell yeah. Um, when does it start? Give me the starting it's date. Starts the 16th of June, which I think is Monday or Sunday That's for us. That's coming up real soon. Yeah, shit. I like this. There seems to be like this sort of trend now of announcing things not as far out. Video games are doing it, and, and I noticed it with the New Japan Cup. I like only having to wait. Like In this case, I think it was like 10 days or something for things. I wait. don't want things announced eight months in advance, you know? Wait, are you telling me that the PS5 comes out tomorrow? <laughs> it comes out in November. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I mean, that's still too soon. Push it back <laughs> another two years. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I, I like I like your, your booking for Sony. <laughs> the, P, the PS4 takes them. Yeah, like you can't rush into this thing. Okay, like people release, aren't ready for the PS. Releasing the PS5 is like 
Roman Reigns taking the title off of Brock Lesnar, all right? We got to take <laughs> the most circuitous route to get there we possibly can. I like the idea of you at their board meeting being like, I'm thinking more PS4 too. Okay, you know? okay. It seems like we're going to release the PS5, but then Seth Rollins runs in with his money in the bank briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> and we release a, a gold-plated PS4 instead. How about that? That actually sounds legitimately great. <laughs> I mean, that's, that sounds yeah to match my gold good. controller. I I have that gold PS4 and gold controller. You have, I love the, it you have the gold PS4 too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My old one sounded like an airplane. So when I Brock moved out, that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. When Brock moved out, I was like, take my airplane PS4 with you. I'm getting a new one. Yeah, it had to take off. It finally got clearance <laughs> from the tower. <laughs> I brought it in to like a guy to repair it twice, and the second time he was like. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I've never heard of PS4 this loud. <laughs> you drop oh. it off, you come back five hours later or whatever. He's just like got a ghostly look on his face. <laughs> like, I've, I've never seen anything like this before. It just feels like horrible. <laughs> the haunted uh, console. Jamal, the, the finale of this, of this tournament is on July 11th, so a little while from now. The world's got to be normal enough for us to be able to have a couple people together to watch that at, like, midnight, right? I mean, a couple people. Sure, you could probably have a couple people over right now, specifically here in Vancouver, nowhere else. If you're listening yeah. to the States, please do not do that. Yeah, stay the hell inside. Do you like my <laughs> little disclaimer in. there? <laughs> yeah, that's, we're in a place, you know, yeah. listen, forget it. Like, we're I could have you over to watch SmackDown on Friday if I really wanted to, or if, if we you had, wanted to come masks, over. Socially distance. Would we? Maybe. No, I, I probably, probably wouldn't. No, I, w- I went to a restaurant. Uh, Haley's dad's in town and took us out for a dinner on Tuesday. First time going to a restaurant was in a it, while. Was it, like, empty? No, it was. They did like a two seating thing, so it's like you could only get there at six thirty or eight, and you had to have a reservation. It's like going to a movie, but it's a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Ex- actually, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, exactly. And they take your temperature before you go in, and then they take the temperature of the beef before they serve it to you. As well. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Just to make sure yeah. your steak does not have COVID as well. <laughs> I made I made a pretty good joke. Uh, well, at dinner, being like, "Oh, I thought you were going to put a t- uh, thermometer up my ass," okay. which uh, went over pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> as it always. Yes, does. and you were referring, of course, to the donkey that you had brought to the. <laughs> yeah, I had ridden there on a donkey. Yeah, I'm, uh, yes, I'm from you a can't farm. leave him outside. Yeah, obviously. Come on. <laughs> yeah. oh, anyway, JMO, this is all to say I couldn't be more excited for the return to New Japan. I do think they'll do fare better in the empty arenas than other brands, but we'll get a little bit more into that. Jimmy, you want to talk a little Raw and Dynamite before we preview Backlash and then jump into questions? Uh, yeah, we kind of talked about Raw. I don't know how much more you have to talk about that. But, I don't, actually, no. Uh, let's talk about the Peep Show segment, though. I actually thought that was tremendous. I thought that was simply outstanding. and An incredible performance from Christian here. We've been lauding Edge's acting all along. He just had to stand there and look dumbfounded while Christian tore into him to awaken the warrior instinct and and have faith that this is the old edge and, and say, you know, your friends and family, we believe in you. We have your back and fire him up to make him believe in himself to be the greatest wrestler in history and have the greatest wrestling match ever. I thought this was great, man. I thought this was really outstanding. Couldn't agree more. Uh, don't want to add a ton just in the sake of time, but yeah, I mean, it's so obvious that these guys still interact via podcast or talking. Like, they just absolutely still have it to a degree. It's like you plucked them out of, you know, 
99 and we're like oh get it done boys you know yeah. really cool stuff uh, oh absolutely they're they have eternal chemistry and even in a dramatic sense I, that was what really surprised me about that segment oh yeah no like but but they had that before too they've also they've both always been like a good impassioned promo guy too yeah um i thought that was great on raw and on dynamite um great opening match for the revival yeah let's let's talk about the ftr boys taking on butcher and blade uh wonderful to see them i thought as good as ever uh i know this is a bit of a sticking point for me but but AEW commentary not knowing what a powerplex is is shocking to me it's like i think jr literally called it like look at that big move it's like that's one of the most famous tag finishers of all time and <laughs> and for them to just like totally no sell it drove me up the wall but i loved this match great to see the top guys and a great showing from butcher and blade as well i thought oh for sure and chris jericho hammered that on commentary too he was like of course one team has to lose but both teams won here because uh butcher and blade are established as you know a real serious team coming out of a match like that and also jericho on commentary again for the majority of this show Excellent. He is just yes. so good. He is just so good. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Josh, the fact that the AEW booth does not have a color guy. It's three commentators. When you mm -hmm. do inject someone like Jericho into that situation, he talks so much because he's the only guy adding, like, color and personality a lot of the time. And, like, I really enjoy the, the AEW booth, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, when when Jericho was in it, mwah, magnifique, magnifique. Yeah, I thought I thought uh, he was excellent. This, I'm forgetting the exact call, but he said something during the Orange Cassidy match that I really enjoyed. I can't. Oh yeah, he's he said something. He's like a shark, you know. He sits there all latent, and then you get him fired up. And I was like, this is really good. A, a pool shark. He suckers you in like he doesn't know how to do it. And then thank you. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, it. and then and then he also was like amazed by Orange Cassidy's athleticism when Orange fired up and just ran over the entire inner circle like. He is so good at being a heel commentator and also establishing baby faces as they're wrestling. Like, uh, I just think he's like one of the best at everything. He's like one of the greats. He he might be the number one of all time when it's all said and done. Especially if he has a lengthy commentary career after he's done wrestling. Like he's just so amazing. I don't think he'll ever be like greatest of all time in my mind, but I gotta think of some sort of title for him. Like he's something, you know what I mean? Like longest running or most versatile or like the best jack of all trades. He's somewhere in there for me. Like he doesn't have like the absolute top guy run where I can call him the goat, you know what I mean? Fair. But but God Outside of wrestling, you can talk about whatever, but inside wrestling, he really is gold, you know? Overall contributions to the business, like, yeah. who matches him? Yeah, something like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he doesn't feel, like, like if somebody's to like, me, I think he's greater to me, than Austin. if someone's Austin. made, like, the most overall contributions to the business ever, like, to me, that is, like, that is goat shit, you know? Like, But if you do that, then Matt Hardy's, like, number two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, J-Mo, I, I imagine everybody knows this. Everybody else probably felt this way. But I thought that, like, short, not physical, but, like, face-to-face -face promo between Mox and Taz before uh, Cage runs out to support Taz was, like, electric. <laughs> like, I was so ridiculous oh, yeah. to that. And, dude, the fact that they put Mox on Dark this week, you know, when you have Taz as the commentator of that show, yes. 
makes perfect sense to put your champion on your web show to advance that feud on the show that Taz already is on and bring more eyeballs to your you know lesser known product at the same time. I thought that was a, a great move. Um, and one more thing about the revival though, yeah, I want to touch on that I we didn't talk about. I don't think two weeks ago either. The fact that these guys are finishing with a you know top rope compression pile driver or whatever. Like one guy yeah, jumps spike off pile the top. Driver. The spike pile driver. Like the fact that we're seeing a pile driver at all. When they did that in their AEW debut, I gasped. Uh, and not so cool. because like I'm shocked to see. I mean, yeah, I am. Not in, not because I think they're dangerous, but because we just don't see them anymore. Yeah, so, especially like, that one, which the, their debut one I thought looked kind of shitty. Like Dash or not Dash. Um, now uh, Cash, Cash didn't get a ton of like torque pushing down on the ankles of the opponent, but on this week's I thought it looked good. Yeah, and just the fact that they're doing it and they have the clearance to do it. I mean, like I guess like. Um, uh, what's it called? The Canadian Destroyer is like a, a pile driver of sorts. Yeah. And you do see that in WWE, but, you know. And you move, see a Code Red, which is like sort of an adjacent one. But, but like, we've never seen Kevin Owens do his package pile driver. I'm sure it's safe for him to do that, but they just won't let him. You know? Has Penta hit his package on AEW? That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I, I frankly would like to see them do the powerplex as their finisher. Like, Cash soaring across the ring. <laughs> for for the the is it a frog splash or an elbow the way he does it I forget the originals the the elbow I think uh, Cashway does a frog splash they called it as an elbow but it looked like a f- yeah it looked more of a splash yeah maybe. whatever it is uh, I think that move just looks fantastic with them doing it like, oh they, they yeah. especially the as a false so finish down. man I I uh, that really bit me I, I I for sure thought that was the end of the match there JMO we probably have enough time to get through all the listener questions if we fly through a backlash review here do we want to well, do that. Yeah, let's do a quick backlash preview. We don't have a ton to say, I don't think, and like the ones that we do have stuff to talk about, like McIntyre and Lashley, we've already discussed for the most yeah. part. Yeah, let's expound a little bit here about Edge and Randy Orton. What do you think this match is going to be? This greatest wrestling match ever? Well, they filmed it last week, and the reason that they did that was that they wanted to allow you know cuts and editing and reshoots possibly to go back and change things about the match and add stuff in. To make it live up to this billing as the greatest wrestling match ever. And obviously it's not going to do that. But I do like how they've had people on screen address the fact that that is an insane billing for a match. Yes, yeah, like, I'm glad they've like addressed that. Like Kurt Angle addressed it and Christian addressed it. And a, a, I think a number of people have. Uh, at the same time, I really am looking forward to this one. I think they have a chip on their shoulder about the way people reacted to their WrestleMania matches. Agreed. Uh, or match, rather. And uh, and I have a feeling that this is going to deliver the goods. Like, Orton is so engaged right now and so clearly passionate about what he's doing. I think he's going to be at that other level that he can go, go to but so often does not. Uh, and, and Edge working a normal match. Like, I have a ton of interest in that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Who wins? <sighs> I'm going to say Orton to keep this going. Yeah, I'm also going rant. Well, does it keep going? Yeah. Three matches tends to be the WWE feud, Yeah, you're right. right. I'll and go Orton, too. Yeah, and and I, I could see him. Like, he he deserves this. He's been so good lately. Like, he needs to win something. 
Any chance Braun drops the title to The Miz and John Morrison? Absolutely not. And the segments that they ran on last week's SmackDown to set up this match were embarrassingly bad. Yeah, I, I watched could SmackDown not last stand week. it. This was the first week where Miz and Morrison did not entertain me, and usually they are highlights of the show. Having to play like cartoon characters doing a punked parody opposite a monster Braun Strowman just is like the. It felt wrong like uh, this was not the way to do this yeah I, I watched smackdown for the first time last week mostly for the riddle debut and uh which feels a lifetime away now um but <laughs> who, yeah, who knows I, when that will come yeah <laughs> but uh boy i i don't have a lot of faith in this braun Strowman miss a john morrison match yeah it's probably gonna over under on five minutes what would you say oh right around there i'll go i'll go under but right around there. I'm going to go over, but I think it'll be like 540 or something. Yeah, yeah. I think we're one of us is probably going to be in the vicinity. Oscar uh, and Nia Jax have had a good match before. Like, I, I'm not going to say I'm like super jacked for this match, but when I'm looking at this card, it actually stands out as something I'm interested to see. Um, yeah. I, I Nia, man, it's like, I, yeah, my interest is to see if Oscar can make it through the match without getting injured. Well, Asuka doesn't work a style where Nia's going to, like, pick her up and drop her either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you it's going like... to be, like, Asuka trying to beat down the, the powerful Goliath and and trying to get the power spots, I imagine. I'm picking Asuka here to retain. How about you? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like, though, they've not just, like, given Asuka Becky's spot? It does. Kind of, but kind of her character a little bit also. Like, she's this extravagant, over-the-top, cartoonish uh, baby face wearing a big, lavish fur coat and, like, you know, I, I don't know. I think they're allowing her to be a little, like, she has, she's getting, like, a little more reach as, like, the top woman. But, yeah, I don't know if it feels, like, exactly, like, redundant of what Becky was doing, but, yeah. Her I mean, obviously, she's like not speaking goofier. English, so it's not entirely <laughs> yeah, that, what that. Becky was doing. But, like, it does feel very much... Uh, and obviously, this was probably the intended feud for for Becky, I would imagine too. So, um, I don't know. Last thing before questions here, I'm gonna say this is this is Apollo Cruz's chance against Andrade here. I hope they get time for the U U.S. Championship. I hope they put on a good 12 minuter here, and I can like Apollo Cruz. You know what I mean, dude? I hope they get 15 minutes. Honestly, I hope so too. Uh, and they should. This card needs like your big. I know the greatest wrestling match is at the top of it, but uh, but the greatest wrestling match might be at the bottom of it, is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, I think Bailey and Sasha Banks hang on to their titles against Alexa, Nikki, and the Iconics. Uh, but I do like that this is a triple threat match across all brands. I also love, especially as you take the NXT Women's Championship off of Charlotte, putting the tag belts on Bailey and Sasha and allowing their kind of power trip to extend onto every show right now i think that is just perfect totally agree also picking them to retain jamo it's jeff that hardy time and sheamus jeff that... hardy and sheamus though josh we're, we're oh, apparently yeah. we, the show airs tomorrow uh but uh i've the dirt sheets are saying the go home angle for this one is going to be one of the most controversial things wwe has ever done and that's what they were saying yesterday today they're saying it involves p like somebody pissed like maybe piss in a cup like to prove that jeff was not on on drugs i don't fucking know man who knows this has been ridiculous but i do think this will probably be a good match yeah you know jeff hardy's put on like a couple like like i really enjoyed him and orton in the cage oh that was uh, great 
Yeah, and then he had another one that I thought was sort of like surprisingly good singles match recently, didn't he? I'm, I'm struggling to think of what it was. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, but he had something where I was like, oh, yeah, maybe Jeff Hardy still has a little bit in the tank. Uh, not not yeah, like I, Sam and Blazer levels of having something in the tank, but well, just that's a that's bit. when you have a lot left in the tank. Yeah, just a little bit, just completely different. Yeah, that's, he, was, that's... he wore like a, a lime green blazer to yeah. say that he had just a little bit left in the tank. Evocative of Mark Henry's jacket, <laughs> but obviously not the same thing, and not as good of a look either. You know, well, uh, a, a passion no, uh, a fashion no no rather. If you're if you're gonna try and keep up with Mark Henry on fashion, you're gonna be waiting a long time, you know. Yeah, they didn't call him the world's uh, sexiest man for nothing either, you know. That's absolutely right. <laughs> even though I'm the only one who calls him that. Okay. <laughs> First question this week, Jaywell comes to us from Wash Your Hands, Wes Watanko, with a very funny one here. Pick your your pandemic roommate from these four. So somebody that JMO you would have to sit in your your apartment with for you know unending hours as we must during these quarantine times. And the four options he provides are. Jerry Lawler, <laughs> JBL, Hulk Hogan, and Vince Russo. Oh, God. Okay, well, I'm going to take Russo out of the mix immediately. I love that he's probably nowhere near the worst actual person here, and yet but in he... both of our minds, he's the first, like, absolute non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, no way. It's like, I... I'd rather live with the other three than just <laughs> Vince Russo. Uh, I think I might have to go Hogan. Yeah, I think I have to go Hogan because, like, I don't know. There are things about JBL that I like, but he's also a big bully, and I don't think he would like me personally. So I don't. I wouldn't like. I think he's funny on commentary a lot of the time, honestly, and and has smart references. And like, I don't hate him as a color guy, uh, but I hate him as a person. And he would not like me at all, and I would not want to deal with jbl bullying i mean i don't even need to delve into why i would not want to live with the king either i don't think so I you're mean, too old and the wrong gender exactly so the hulkster it is and and i it it gives me no pleasure to make that selection but that is the selection i must make yeah true sophie's choice here jmo i i can't even believe i'm saying this but i'm outright picking jbl yeah. I just really? think he what? might somewhere be like the most fun of the four. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but it's like two weeks in, if we were just like drinking and watching wrestling, like maybe, maybe I could bring up like the Stevie Richards chair shot. And he'd laugh about it. I just think like Hulkster and I would order and take out every night. <laughs> You'd never sushi. And, and he'd be like, no, always sushi. <laughs> At the end of every meal, just like, oh, I'm stuffed. Too much sushi. <laughs> so you're trying to get him to say the stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, Jaybo. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm trying to get him to say the sushi line. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything else after that. I'm just saying sushi's part of the equation. Don't you put that evil on me, Josh Custodio. <laughs> oh, the Hulkster. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel good picking JBL. <laughs> <laughs> he would be. Probably, he would rip you. He would be merciless. He would. He would ne like. He wouldn't even have to dive into your personality. He would just look at your hair and be and like mercilessly rip you for having gray hair at your age. He'd call you like the crypt keeper. He would. Okay, now I'm just being mean to you. <laughs> anything else you'd like to say, Jamo? Anything right below the skin surface? Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, he keeps beating you up about how you've put on a ton of weight over pandemic yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah. uh, but but listen man like I, I just feel like 
I couldn't be around the Hulkster in good in good. No, confidence. you're right. You're right. Like, and, he, and he never turns off, right? So he would no. be the Hulkster the entire time. And that would be super annoying. But I could also just be like, uh, Hulk man, I'm, I'm going to go play Switch in my room. Like, uh, you know. All right, brother. <laughs> Is that Geralt of Rivia, Jack? <laughs> yeah. So so that, that seems like all right to me. Also, just to be clear, Josh Custodio. Very handsome man. Oh, I, I, I was laughing at the bit. I, I'm purely teasing. I'm, I'm all good. Next question comes to us from uh, the R Small Dick Problems moderator at Matt Rainus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, I'm not surprised, I guess. It's an interesting thing to brag about. <laughs> uh, which wrestler, past or present, would be on the would be the best to go on an acid trip with? Oh. I hate to be I hate to be uh, so so cliche, but there is one guy that just jumps off the page on this one for me, and I just feel like t- tripping with Rob Van Dam would legitimately be awesome. Like he's into all the ethos that make tripping great. But like, but I would just feel too self conscious the entire time that he would be thinking about. When I was rude to him online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you'd be thinking about that. That'd be the problem. You wouldn't be able to even speak. You'd be tripping and be like, oh, he called me just irresponsible. <laughs> uh, any other answers come to mind, man? man? Oh, I don't know. I was just thinking about the tie-dye of the Dudley boys, but I don't think like Bubba oh, or yeah. Devon are drug guys necessarily, even and though Bubba's they were in asshole. the ECW locker room. I would think it would have to be someone from ECW just because that was like the rampant drug use locker room, sure. as if that wasn't a problem for the entire business. Yeah, Let's be real. Uh, Thank you. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking like, like maybe Sandman. I hate to pick Sandman for everything, but this does feel like a good one to pick. For Sandman. sure. Let me pitch it a different way to you. Is there somebody you just view as like really nice and like good to hang out with? Because like Tyler Breeze kind of crossed my mind for this. Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane. Sammy Zane. Oh yes, Zane. Oh, it, it, assuming he'd want to. I don't want to like pressure him into anything. But if Zane's down, that's a oh, great acid call. tripping with Sammy and Kevin would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I think I think Rob Van Dam just like openly talks about like oh hey we are all the same and like why would I punch you that'd be punching me and uh, so in that way he makes sense but yeah any of those people I think would be uh, make for magnificent trip partners okay JMO I teased this one earlier on the show it's from our friend Brenny at just Brenny and he asks with the return of New Japan on the horizon hooting and hollering ensues woo. How do you think the promotion will fare in the age of empty arenas? Do you think their style slash roster are better equipped to handle it? Also, how excited from a scale of one to seven are you for the little Kaz Kazu Al return? Okay, great question. Uh, do you want to feel this one first, Jamo? Um, I mean, th- I feel like they, and we talked about this before. They, as a company, are probably the least affected by not having a crowd because their audiences try to be respectful and quiet. Except for when yeah. they're like yelling "Kazoo" or whatever, like <laughs> Kenny. <"Naito!" laughs> to some degree, the like Japan quiet audience thing is a little overblown. Like I've been watching so much New Japan during this, and I'm like, oh yeah, crowds still do get like absolutely oh, electric. Oh yeah, loud. during the big moments, absolutely for sure. Absolutely, like they're coming unglued during Kazuchika Okada versus Katsutori Shibata. But that's that's all aside. Yeah, I think the quieter, more echoey arena, the slap and chop sounds of New Japan will just translate 
better. How could they not? They're closer to what it's going to be now. There's less of a, a gap between them. You just need to but bring also... in the stardom roster to like shriek their names every so often. The <laughs> yeah, there you go. That <laughs> solved the entire issue. A great use of female wrestlers. And yeah, uh, finally, and... female wrestlers in Japan could be on New Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, just so such a horrible sadness, but it's so true. Um. But it, it's just really the case that I think the, the long shots, the more pulled out angles, the longer, like just the slower, more grounded presentation lends itself to empty arena in a much smaller way. And on the one to seven scale, I'm a legitimate five and a half for this. Like, I'm extremely excited to, to watch the, the New Japan Cup. How about you, JMO? Yeah, I mean, what, what are COVID numbers like in Japan? Like, is it safe for them to, to, be, to be doing this? I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of gaijin talent that are not able to come in and work this tournament, but um, how uh, advisable is it even for uh, Japanese talent to be doing this right now? Because that kind of affects my uh, my ranking, and I don't really know the answer to that necessarily. Yeah, uh, I only know that their state of emergency has lifted. So whatever okay. you want to take. Uh, is Japanese baseball back in full swing too now, or is it just Korean baseball? It's a good question. I don't actually know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very I'm I'm into this. I I wouldn't say as high as you because uh, I just don't know that I have the time to keep up with it necessarily, uh, especially that I'm working several days a week. Um, not not every day of the week, but, <laughs> but several, more know. than one. Exactly. Uh, but I'd say like, yeah, four and a half probably out of seven on right the seven on. scale. And God bless you for the one to seven scale. All right, uh, JMO, our, our dear pal, Mr. Matty Pie sends in this next question at Mr. Matty Pie, Matt Prince. And he asks, if you two fellas ever had a blood feud and needed a wrestler to represent you in a hair versus hair type match, who would you pick and what would you put on the line? Okay, well, first of all. It would obviously be beard versus beard. Yeah, that that feels just no brainer, right? And you'd be giving up more because yours looks way better than mine. No, always. no, but we're both we both have beards. Now, granted, mine. <laughs> and I don't have on. hair to put on the line, so you know. I think beard versus beard is the the natural the natural play between us. Yes. Uh, the only other thing that crossed my mind was like control of the top marks account exclusively. That was. <laughs> That was like a funny thing that I thought. One yeah, of the, but let's yeah, hang the hang the Twitter access to the <laughs> Top Marks account from the top of a of a ladder. <laughs> what wrestler would you pick to represent yourself against me? And for the sake of things, let's pick a. It could be alive, dead, any point in time because the question doesn't uh, doesn't uh, call it out. I mean, my wrestling avatar, as I think uh, he is for a lot of fans who look like me, <laughs> is Kevin Owens. KO. So if I had to choose somebody to to fill in for me and literally be my avatar in wrestling, how can I not pick Kevin Owens? And you guys would probably work together well on the mic, right? Uh, we already have, pal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so you got the you got the back and forth, and he unfollowed me <laughs> on Twitter. A, so there's like a bit a... of a a bit of a you know some heat between he oh, and I too. Oh, uh, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> and he ripped, he had that tweet about ripping on all people named Josh. So yeah. Like, well, no, yeah. but then he said that he did respond to me and say, "Not you. You're cool." Yes. So, right. and then he followed you. That's absolutely right. But and then, then only to unfollow yeah. me months later, the worst day of my Twitter life. Hey, who remembers that? Hey, who's still talking about it years later, huh? <laughs> no, it's good. This is long-term storytelling. Yeah. This is what we okay, are so, always so, asking for. So who's cornering me against you and Kevin Owens? I'm trying to think of, like, 
because Zayn's just too obvious, right? It's just yeah, too. It's yeah. just too. No one wants to see those two lock up this soon again. I'm gonna go with somebody who optically has like kind of a Kevin Owens build. Somebody who I watched a hour, two and a half hour shoot interview of the other day and grew to love. I'm gonna have Bam Bam Bigelow uh, be my my uh, blood feud representative. A shoot oh. tough guy, despite what his one MMA fight will show you, uh, and sort of a grounded, nice guy who understands the business. A good promo, and I feel like him and Owens match up in kind of like a physically interesting way i'm scared now i i'm getting ready to kiss my beard goodbye <laughs> yeah, he's gonna he's gonna put out. owens through a hole in the stage josh josh and bam bam are coming for you <laughs> all right a couple more here jmo we are short on minutes uh next one here from b wilbs 05 brandon wilbur asks on a scale of one to ten how do you think uh jericho versus tyson match would be and why did you pick a one little joke there at the end yeah i mean i that's what i can't figure out what jericho and tyson is gonna lead towards and it's obviously not done you know like they are moving on to this orange cassidy jericho feud which i'm all the way in on i think it's just great uh especially after you and i were talking about how like maybe orange cassidy is getting a little bit overexposed i think they are rounding him out right now to be a character that you can reliably work on and and have on television every single week at the moment that's what my takeaway from the segment this past week last night was honestly um so i i I, i'm all in on that but yeah no i have no interest in a jericho tyson match and tyson picking someone to wrestle on his behalf doesn't make any sense because he's mike tyson so what are we doing here i don't i don't get it i'm i'm who knows when we're even gonna see a payoff it might not be until crowds come back but who knows weird all right well we just had some weird technical difficulties in the middle of that answer but we're back now josh sounds weird maybe i do too or i think you do too or maybe neither of us do and it's just what we're hearing (laughs) on our ends and what is being recorded is completely fine and is local audio who knows uh, but that's the show for the week, I think. i got to run to work. Apologies to Craig and Ryan. They're both great questions. Craig, I was going to do Ricky Shane Page versus Nick Gage. MDK is eventually getting that belt. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what, what else was going to happen there. But uh, you got to go to work. This thing has crashed. Pepperoni sticks. <laughs> Say yeah. Love you, bud. Have a good shift. Thank you.